Welcome to From the Rookery End uh, is our November 2014 podcast. We are three lifelong Watford fans, season ticket holders in the Rookery End, and uh, these monthly podcasts are our take on life as a Watford fan. Uh, I'm uh, John, uh, with me is uh, Jason. Hello. And uh, Mike. Yes, have that Ian Holloway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did have a. Uh, did you set aside after that win yesterday, Mike, and Mr. Holloway's reaction? Yeah, that's exactly what I'd have wanted from that game. Him to be as angry um, and as ridiculous as possible, and I think he, uh, he did well in both categories. Uh, it's day after uh, Watford beat Millwall 3 1, and uh, we are at the Palace Theatre in Watford. We're about to go for the second live event for Tales of the Vicarage because the third book in the series is coming out. Um, they've got some books over there, Mike. I noticed my favourite thing about these books is, I turned to Jason before you turned up, is the consistency of spine design. Yeah. So when you have them together on the shelf, they look like a special unit, so I'm very impressed by that. Bit of OCD creeping in there, but yeah, it's all, it's all, click, uh, it's all clicking into place with the Tales from the Vicarage, Vicarage volumes, just like it might be with the Watford team. Well, we have to talk about how things are clicking in. Um, this podcast will be in two bits. First bit, Jason, we're going to be here in the bar talking about everything that's been going on the last month. Score out 10 for you this last month? 10, Seven and a half. Oh, yeah. uh, And then our second half will be us uh, chatting to uh, some of the special guests they've got at the event tonight. Chatting to authors Adam Leventhal and uh, Lana Burney, uh, but also former manager Ray Lewington, Tommy Smith, the Holdsworth brothers. I still don't think I can tell who the difference is. Do you know the difference, Jason? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, and Nicky Wright. Um, but uh, let's crack on uh, with what's been going on the last month. A podcast made by Watford fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. I think it's fair to say that the last two podcasts have felt fraught, uneasy. Yeah, fraught, busy, (laughs) unsettled. Mike, you wrote a blog post this last week called uh, Times Like These yeah. it's on from the rookerend.com it was, there was lots in it what, what, what spurred you on to, to write well, that blog post I think there's, there's two things I think as you allude to the last couple of months have been quite quite tricky and it's been hard to hard to take stock and hard to really um, understand where we are as a, as, a, as, a, as a Watford fan but over the last little couple of weeks it just struck me I just had some nice little reminders as to why I genuinely and generally I'm very very proud to be a Watford supporter and I think you feel perhaps feel those all the more keener in the in the current context with the pots those where Watford get a lot of negative press and a lot of negative press about the managerial turnover when actually those around the club and those who understand the club know that it's a very very special place with a lot of special people involved and the people at the heart of it are doing things for the right reasons so I tried to articulate that with um, a, You mentioned many things what, what kind of things do we, were making you feel this way? Well there's a, there's some little things like there's the At Your Place event which was actually at Watford so I think they called it At, at Your Place At Our Place, place. Yeah, was there, yeah. which you know may not seem like a big thing but it gives Watford supporters a chance to see the whites of the eyes of the, of the guys at the top to ask questions nothing off is off limits obviously you know you, the answer you're going to get it depends on, on, on how sensible your question is but so the Watford do that that's something they don't need to do they're, they're staying in touch with supporters then during half term they did the open training session and again nothing nothing massively out of the ordinary but something they didn't need to do something that shows their, their willingness and to, to connect with the community doing something for, for families and, and young supporters and then 
culminating really in in, the, in Saturday's game with Millwall with this incredible um, display that was organised by Roy uh, and the 1881, uh, and a reminder that the that the shirts were there's a there's a, uh, a contribution from the sale of the away shirts going to the, the Royal British Legion this year, and those things all added up, and you think actually, do you know what? They, they, we're doing things the right way here. We're not the biggest club in the world, not the most famous club in the world, but but I'll be damned if we're not you know doing things the right way more often than not and I think it's important to try and articulate that in a, a rather rambling blog post but, and of course add it all together added, added to all that is the fact that things are starting to come together on the pitch as well so I just felt I had a little wake up call I had a little epiphany a little reminder that things the supporting Watford fan is, it, being a Watford fan is generally a good thing well it's, let's, let's start we'll have to cover a lot of that throughout the podcast but let's start talking about what's been happening on the pitch uh, since uh, Slav I think that's what I call him. I went to the at your place, and you'll hear me chatting with um, uh, Jolly Connor uh, and uh, Richard, who I sit next to. Uh, we were at the event um, later on, um, and Scott Duxley kept calling him Slab. So much easier to say. I reckon we should, we're going to stick with that. Jason, we've had four games underneath him. You know, yesterday it was a three-one win uh, at home to Millwall, one-one uh, away at uh, Middlesbrough, a two-two home draw against Forest, and a three-nil away win at Sheffield Wednesday. What are your, your feelings being at the top of the league and two points clear? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've answered the question for me there, John. I think yeah, we are top and we are top, two points clear. Without really... I don't think we're a settled side under Slav so far. I think there's still work to do. He's said as much in his post-match comments. Um, and some of the performances have shown that we, we've beaten Millwall. It wasn't convincing, but no. it was enough. We drew with Forest too, I'm not on the best run of form at the moment, and again we sort of let them in back into that one. Sounds like we got a bit lucky in the first half against Middlesbrough, but unlucky in the second half not to come mm. over three points towards the end. And again, the Wednesday game, you could say we had a bit of luck, but then we play, did play well. I think we... Slav's talked about managing games and controlling games, and I thought that game we seemed to control better than most from, the, from when we were, were in the lead. So, yeah, there's work to do yeah I don't think we've been consistent over 90 minutes yet and I think if we can do that then we'll be, we'll be laughing he's picking I'm not, I'm not amazed at these sorts of things Jason but, but go with me he's picking what seems to be a 4-3-3 now in our first podcast of the season before the Bolton game you said that would be your preferred setup. Is that still your preferred setup? I think so yeah I think I like, yes it is a 4-3-3 is in its simplest terms what you get with that is you can you get quite a stretch pitch and if you want to dominate games and with the, the skill and quality that we've got in our side we should be looking to, to stretch teams out and give them a bit of a runaround and I think you can do that really well with a 4-3-3 formation that includes your, and your back four your full backs pushing on and we've got full backs that can do that in Paredes and Daniel um, and then your three out front you've got your yeah your players spread across the park and I had Steve Clary say something a couple of weeks back. About <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah. <laughs> so yeah you're about to say something that's ridiculous. I agree with him. No, I didn't realise and then thought about it. Wow, yeah, he's right. It's so much, yeah, as an attacking force, you're much better off and it's much harder to defend against players attacking from outside to in than it is from players going inside to out. So having players like Vidra and Forestieri and Igalo, like, as he was on Saturday, attacking. Championship defences from uh, from out wide is a is a 
it's an exciting thing, John. Third, third goal, a case in point, Jay said, perhaps, yeah. I mean, I think, I think it is important to note now that formation, and, and Jason, I think Jason alluded to it, we've got an amazing squad and we all know that, and uh, I quite like the 4-3-3 as well, but what we need to be aware of now, perhaps increasingly, is teams like Millwall will come and just do everything they can to disrupt us, to, to knock us out of our stride. And I think we can expect to see a lot more of the of the games that we like the one against Millwall because that's that's the only way that people are going to be able to be able to deal with players of this quality. If this team hits their straps, then they're unplayable. And if you give us any space, you give Watford a chance to get into their stride, then you've had it. We've seen it. We've seen it so many times. Fid was working hard, and, and Deeney. You know, we don't need to go through well, it play let, by player. Well, well, let's not go through player by player, but sort of looking at the, the four uh, teams he's picked, he's, you, you're going to say he, he, his preference is Gomez, Paredes, Besson, Ekstrand, Poodle, Minari, Toja, Abdi is his preferred, um, Vidra, Igalo, and then Bessie. But then, of course, yesterday he picked Troy first. Let's go from, from back, back to front. At, at, at the back, are you. Is that. That, was a, that has been a worry is I it better I, I think defensively is still our, our Achilles heels to be perfectly frank I still don't think we're looking 100% settled there I think Baston since he's come in I remember it stuck in my head Neil Adams the, the Norwich manager saying he's nowhere near ready for, for first team football perhaps suggesting that there's something had gone on between them he came in and obviously had a great debut it was at, at Sheffield Wednesday mm, I think was yeah, when he yeah. played really well but then has gone off in the last couple of games hasn't he? so perhaps he's, he's a little bit injury prone um, I think we're going to we could probably Probably swap him for Angela fairly quickly. It looks like he's back in training. Would you? Uh, Not strike extra ends for Angela? Well, I think. Don't know. He's gonna, I don't know. Is the honest answer? I think injuries are dictating what, yeah. what we're yeah, saying okay. here. It's, yeah, for Song, if he's not fully fit, then we might have to. But swap but, okay, him. but if, if Vidra. Sorry, if. The song Xtrand and Angela were fit, Jason. Who would be your middle two? Uh, for me, it would be Besson and Angela. Who would yeah. be your middle two? I'd go along with Jason. If they were both 100% fit, okay. then that's what I'd go for. But I do think if we can get that, that, that settled defensive line, I think we'll be so much stronger, so much more. And I, I, going back to Jason's point about the, the quick run-through about the games we've, we've had since we last spoke, I think we, what we said at the last podcast, if we want to see some decent performances, and the first game out against Sheffield Wednesday, I think we did get that, guys. Mm, I think yeah, yeah. Uh, it may perhaps a bit of a shaky start and so on and so forth, but we went on and we won that game at a canter. The first half against, first half an hour against Forest, perhaps the first 20 minutes, was some brilliant. of the best football I've ever, not to see Watford play, <laughs> but, but from anyone, it was played at pace, it was threatening, it was terrifying. We thought, if we can keep this up, it's going to be 10 0. <laughs> and, it, and it would have been, and we, we ultimately let, we let Forrest back into it. Um, but I think we, we saw great performances, and, and I just think if we, there's a tiny little bit of fine-tuning, perhaps starting at the back, um, and we're going to be a real force to be reckoned with. I th- I'm surprised not to have seen more of Lloyd Doyley. Well, the, if that, that, that question is always the right side of the defence. Um, Poodle is... a is good on the right, is good, you know, but is he definitely a right back? Lloyd definitely isn't a right back, but he certainly played there for a very long time, did a bloody good job of it for many, many years. So that is that is still a couple of question. Midfield wise though, Jason, you know, Minari, Toja, Abdi would be would be the preference. Minari the disturber, mm-hmm. as we seem to be calling him around our place at the at the referee. Um, but Abdi's been injured um, last couple of games. Uh, it doesn't feel as bad as when he was injured before, not as worrying let's say. Um, how, how do you feel about the, the sort of you know replacing, replacing Murray in one game and he replaced him 
uh, Andrews he started and he started with Anya as well in that, in that replacement how are you feeling about that midfield I think the perfect balance is Minari Toza Abdi um, and again talking about the, the formations and and you have these the way we play the when you go from defence to attack, there's a sort of transition in that midfield. I think it's key to that formation. So when we're defending, it's we're comfortable with the players we got. I think um, because we, they can sit defensively. But the problem then, I think, is the out, and I think that is Abdi. So if you with those three, Toja's your, your quarterback. Yep. Yeah, so he will sit in that defensive position. Minari, you've already called him the, the disturber because he's bombing about all over the place and he make, can make that link, he can defend, he can attack. Whereas Abdi is your out, he's your man who can transform defence into attack really quickly. And without him, we haven't quite got that. Murray replaced him in the Forest game and just didn't look. He didn't know where he was. He didn't, didn't have a clue he what he was, he was doing. That's exactly when Forest came back into it when Abdi went off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and exactly, you can draw a line, you know. On, on Saturday, we had Andrews playing. Well, Andrews did well. Let's be fair to him. He, he got the assist for the first goal. A cute little Eustace oh, type chip. Oh, no, I think it was better. It was, it was outside yeah, the okay, foot. Okay. It wasn't deep. It was hard. a Eustace dink. It was outside yeah. the foot. It curved. Yeah. And, and it went in. But didn't always happen to him. Yeah, no, that... Sorry for Go saying bad things about John there, Mike. Yeah, to use that <laughs> word, to use that that transition word again, that transition from defence to attack wasn't quite as quick. Mm. Um, and there were times where, and we've seen it, Slav, he, he likes to mix it up, he can play it short and, and hold on to the ball, he can play quick direct football to the quick strikes we got up front as well. But there were times ball was being pumped up to Dini and he had no one near him, there was no one coming on from midfield making that run on that, that Abdi would do, I think. And I, it just, without Addy, it still doesn't quite feel like a, a complete midfield. The jigsaw piece is missing. But up front, it's sort of doing pretty well in the last four games. We scored three, oh. six, seven, eight, nine goals. Now, there's technically three positions, but you've got four informed strikers. Fessy, Troy, Vidra and Igalo. Now, he was very bright yesterday and I think that was by far his best game as a Watford player and he sort of he was he, for me he felt like he, actually he, he'd got his timing and he knew how much room he has so he was being using the skill he had you know, in the time and, and the space that he had um, Bridge was banging the goals in Troy's back you've always got to pick Troy Mike you've got to pick three which I, of those do you pick? I'm going to claim Igalo, because I think on, on Twitter I said well, in the first couple of games. You're going to stick a flag in him and claim yeah. him. Well, not, not literally, you're not drawing soon if someone does it. Not that he'd stick a flag in. Anyway, you know what I mean. Um, when he first came into the side, he was, for all intents and purposes, he was replacing an injured Troy Deeney. Yeah. And I think he suffered because of that. And I said, well, actually, I think he looks pretty decent. You've got to remember he's, joining a, he's come to a different country, joined a different club, and has been thrown in the deep end, uh, trying to replace the, the most prolific striker we've had for years. So, and people go, oh, he's rubbish, he's naff, leave it out. He's, he, but as you said, John, he's come into it really, really nicely and has, and has worked hard and now looks like a, a more than competent championship striker. Um, and it's not a permanent deal. Permanent deal? Yeah, I think the, possibly the logistics of that, Frank Smith and the Watford Observer is probably on the money in terms of having to free up another loan slot, but hey ho, you know, they're the rules, let's, let's deal with it. I suggest you deal with it as well, Mr Holloway, by the way. <laughs> I know you like to tune in on a Sunday evening when you're having your bubble bath, chill out. <laughs> um, but so, um, 
and Vid- I think I've got to mention uh, Matej Vidra the, the, the effort he's putting into these games and he is a world class player no, and we're just so lucky to have him at Watford and um, he's always going to be in my side um, how can you leave Troy Deeney out can't. you can't um, so it's, it's a, what a magnificent Go pick problem, three. what a magnificent pick three. To have. Uh, pick three right I'm going to have Troy Deeney uh, Vidra yeah and Forrest Jerry. Okay. Mm. Jason? Mm. I, reckon, I reckon Jason would say something different. I'm going to say something Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Troy Vidra and Igalo. I, I like him. I've been impressed with Igalo. I think he's done well. Uh, I think he's a good, strong presence outside the box. I think I said that before. And I think Forrest Jerry is a game changer. I think he's the man to bring on when, if we're struggling to break teams down, up against tired legs. He's the man who can unlock those defences when it isn't happening with that first choice front three. It will be interesting to see if actually on Tuesday at Birmingham, where we've got three games in uh, a week, actually is, is that is there somewhere where he rotates and Festy does get his starting role? Interesting, so. interesting. You bring that up actually. That's something I thought about. He hasn't done much of that really, has he? Rotation? No, no. We're going to be four games though. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. I was interested. But that Tuesday night, that Tuesday night came after that Sheffield Wednesday game. He started a team due to the international break. So actually, this is the first week where it's like week in, week out, almost feel to it. I've been interested to watch. There's two people I'm interested in. One is one is a catchy. Um, I think he's, he's been a bit unlucky mm. with, with injury and, and circumstances and so on. So it'll be interesting to see how he features over the next sort of month, six weeks. And also Lloyd Dyer as well. He's a, he's a really funny one. I mean, he, he was the one that was held up as the, as the key sort of protagonist in the whole supposed rift between players and, and, and Beppe Sonino. And I, th- I think that was blown out of proportion because of his reaction. But he hasn't featured in any of the 300 managers we've had since Sonino. <laughs> and he, and no, yesterday, as a start. And, yeah. and I didn't think he looked, I didn't think no. he looked great. I, I think he looked a bit out of place. And I don't know whether he's trying to impress. And he, 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 can't, he can't do anything because he, he can't stake a claim to a place because he's not getting any, any game time. But it's interesting he's not, he's clearly not staking as much of a claim to get in. Um, I don't know what you guys think of whether he'd add anything j- j- but it's just well, it's it's two guys that it is. are obviously talented and, uh, and aren't featuring it's just been just but they are that is a position where if actually your team is playing well do you make changes for changes sake and I think this next week will be interesting to see if he does make changes for rotation purposes um, I don't think he will because there is only two more games and there's another international break. Um, but, Mike, how are you feeling about Slav? How's he coming across to you? I like him. I really, really like the cut of his jib after, <laughs> after games. He, do you know what? He's serious um, without being overbearing. He just he feels like he means business. He feels like he knows what, what, the, what, the, what the task at hand is. Um, we never got to know Billy McKinley. We never got to know um, Oscar Garcia. But with, with Beppe, the feeling was always that... It was always a bit of a stopgap. You always thought, "Are you really the man yeah, that's yeah. going to drive us through through the winter, through the, you know, through the injuries, through suspensions, you know, to to, to, to get an automatic promotion?" And that was never really felt that with with Pepe. Whereas with 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 Sav, I think it looks like he means business. And the other thing that I like about him, 
he's always asking for more. He's quite yeah, understated, he but he's never, he's never, never ranting and raving. He said, you know, I think these, this group of play- this group of players can do better. But he always tempers that with praise as well. So for me, he's got a really nice balance of, of looking like a crazed uh, slave driver <laughs> um, and also being someone that the, the players respect. I think, and just his demeanour has probably um, endeared him to, to supporters already, I'd suggest, just because he looks, he looks like he knows what he's doing and he sounds like he knows what he's doing. He's taller than I thought he was. On that sideline, he's quite tall. He's, yeah, he's, a, he's a presence there. Maybe that was to be set up against the munchkin that is uh, Holloway. On the, on the yeah. football league show last night, he, when he was his post-match interview, he seemed to be punching down to talk into the microphone. Oh, right? really? That just goes to show you how tall he is. Okay. Uh, how, are you, how, are you, how are you finding his cut of his jib? I, I, I'm with Mike. I, he said exactly the, the thing I think I'd said about he He's serious. He, you see, there's no. And, and his communication is fine as well. I think yeah. you, see, you get some front managers in who. Well, obviously, Sonino's <laughs> the other extreme. Um, but he's fine with the language. And I, and I think that is important. I think to, to, to get your point across. I'm not. I I'm not, don't want to be xenophobic about it, but. There must have been problems with Stelino trying to get his point across in training sessions, in games, when you don't have a, a grasp of, of the language of the players. A podcast by Watford fans, for Watford fans. This... Is from the referee end. Mike, you mentioned uh, in your blog post about the At Our Place event that the, the, the yep. club put on. Um, interesting the timing of it, that they chose it to be the week after Billy McKinley was uh, was let go. Very sensible, but also very brave to see the, the, the um, senior staff put their heads above the parapet uh, what was probably the most awkward time Watford have had underneath the under the Pozzo regime. So I think no accident that it was that it was then. But as I said at the at the top of the podcast, what a great thing to do! They didn't have to. Most Watford fans are very sort of understanding. They believe in the Pozzos and, and they're kind of happy with the way things are going. But giving a selection of supporters the opportunity to to get involved, ask whatever question they want. Absolutely hats off. I'm, I'm so, so pleased that they do it. And, and like I said, proud of the club that they feel able to. Uh, well, I went down uh, to the event, uh, hooked up with a couple of Watford fans, and uh, I can now hand over uh, to you, John. Thanks, John. We're here at the At Your Place uh, event at Vickers Road. I'm with uh, Geordie. Hi, Geordie. Evening. Uh, you are sort of well known for the, some of the in- impressive uh, bits of art that you do uh, that goes out on Twitter, and particularly the retro Watford players that have gone out over the summer and still coming out now. Uh, and uh, Richard, who I've mentioned many times on the last four or five seasons, who I sit next to in the rookery end. Hi, Richard. Hi there. In front of us this evening has been uh, Scott Duxbury, the, uh, the chief executive, um, the head of operations. Head of finance and also the head of sales. We've got to ask some questions. Jordy, have you have you found the events and what you've heard? I think possibly the most interesting thing for me is we've gone through a period where there has been a lot of chatter on Twitter, a lot of people from outside the club having a go at us, calling us a, a farce, and all these things with what's happened with the managerial situation. And 
you know, one thing is that you know, obviously these guys have fronted up and have come out and seen, uh, seen us and answered questions. I think the most interesting thing really is the lack of questions and the lack of kind of animosity or everyone kind of understands what happened. You know, okay, we've learned a bit more about the Sinino situation. Garcia was unforeseen. You can't really do anything about that. Um, Billy McKinley left a bit of a bad taste in people's mouths because of I guess, the human element and people saying it's not the Watford way. But the question is, what is the Watford way? Would we rather have had a manager who the board didn't believe in running the club when our aspiration is not to survive as it has been for many years, and which is arguably the Watford way uh, of, of the last decade at least? Uh, our aspiration is to, is to get promoted and, and to go directly up. And there can be no compromises really. And you want the manager to be ruthless and who he picks and make sure he picks the best team. You do want the emotion taken out of it. As for fans, it's great that we have the emotion and emotional attachment to the club. But I guess you do. Your heart really wants the, the, the board to make the tough decisions, and they've made it. You know, the proof of the pudding will, will be seen in the rest of the season under uh, Djokanovic. Fingers crossed it all works out, but they've done what they think is right. And the fact that there is no animosity here, uh, and not many questions suggest that a lot of people kind of agree with what's happened or accept what's happened, and, and, they, and they feel that the club's been fairly open about what's happened and, as far as they can. Well, let's tell you, you know, fans forums, the best fans, the best fans forums ever is when there's, there's a crazy chairman who's, who's not putting the funds, taking funds out. And unfortunately, I think we're in a position where, as a general football fan of a football club, actually, we're in a pretty situation. So one thing we used to do, you said that it was the board decision. It seems to me, from what Scott said, that it was Gino Pozzo who had the second thought himself over um, over um, a Billy went to Slav. I think that's what we're going to call it. Slav, yeah. Because it's quite hard to say second name, and that's what they've been saying up front. Slav. Slav. Yeah. Um, Richard, is there anything else that stood out for you? Yeah, first of all, I've really enjoyed the event. It's been good to come and put sort of names to faces. I've not sort of seen Scott Ducks before, not been to one of these venues before I found like what everyone's saying that uh, there's a lot of tolerance on either side they seem to be very open with supporters we can come and ask everything the questions have all been very very good what stood out for me was it was very good they were very Scott Ducks seemed very contrived about the way Billy McKinley had been treated which I think generally everybody felt hadn't been handled very well by the club thought that was very good I was also pleased to hear that all of the whole um, Lawrence Bassini saga they now seem to work through the practicalities of all of that and that was now consigned to kind of a bad episode in history very very good um, the free bar has been <laughs> yeah that was a bonus wasn't it <laughs> yeah. I got my wallet out can I have a Guinness and a Diet Coke and a Coke oh brilliant no, they don't, no it's free well I love you even more what <laughs> and I think also what I think has been very good it's, it's such a sort of positive event and you know, it's very much the emphasis on when we got promoted not if of course there's no guarantees that about anything, but what he was saying about if, when we get to the Premier League, the players in the um, the Potso network that would jump at the chance to come and play with us as well sounds mouthwateringly exciting, I must admit, and it going to transform the club in terms of the finance the new stand being completed and uh, it's very very good really enjoyed it yeah also the good thing is uh, Glyn um, uh, Evans who's the head of operations he sort of talked in some ways he talked about the east stand and it being a more like a Meccano set but I think that that's because it's good engineering mm-hmm. but actually it has its sort of ability to expand and they know about that already and you think good that means we can we can expand our, our stadium a little bit more um, so it's been a really good event thanks to Jordy thanks to, to Richard uh, and 
and uh, back to you, John. Stay in the loop and get involved on facebook.com slash rookeryend. So we're, uh, we're now in a theatre, and it's quite uh, hot and sticky. One, one of the rules about being in the theatre, John, is no talking in the theatre. Well, we won't start yet. Oh, right. um, uh, we're waiting for the, the, the event to start. Uh, we're going to see uh, Ray Lewington. We're going to see uh, the Holdsworth brothers, or at least one of them. Uh, we're going to see Timmy Smith. We'll see Craig Ramage, uh, Nicky Wright. We'll chat to Adam Leventhal. Uh, hopefully, uh, this next part of the podcast will be us chatting to them. Um, uh, in and around the, the event but uh, the excitement is growing is it Jason? There's a definite buzz about the place isn't there? Yeah. I don't think it's the excitement of knowing or not knowing whether the Holdsworth brothers are here or not <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, it's very exciting Let's see how the evening pans out From the rookery end We've just finished at uh, the Tales from the Vicarage uh, 2 live about the third book that's right. Something yeah. like that. Right. Yeah, so, uh, with Adam uh, and Lionel. Um, Adam, you were on the stage. How'd it go for you? I really enjoyed it. It was it was quite um, a hectic journey, from you know planning it, getting everyone together, all in the same place at the right time. Um, but it went as well as I could have imagined, and it was great to have so many people on board to just sort of punctuate the evening with different stories. And yeah, it was it was really good. But I'm, I must admit, I'm quite glad it's over now because I could I could just chill out for a bit and not have to think about it, which is good. Good. You two, you two chaps are both Watford supporters, but due to your your jobs and your careers, you probably come into contact with more sportsmen and women and and Watford players than, than the average Watford fan. Can you still get excited about a night like this evening? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, seeing everyone turn up this afternoon, all looking a little bit nervous. You know, you wouldn't expect it of Craig Ramage, cool as Craig, but he was, you know, he was a bit antsy. He wanted to know what was going to be happening and when he was going to be on stage and what the questions were going to be. Um, so to see them all come together, uh, as Adam said, from so, so many different eras, and of course they overlap a little bit in places, but to have managers. Um, players, people who have really sort of honoured the club with quite a lot of distinction all come together and, and, and feel the love from the room I think is the main thing you know, they're I think all taken aback a bit by um, how much warmth there is from the audience and that really comes across in the show I think. Yeah, that's my, my, my feeling from the whole night was an absolute Watford loving and it was you know, from all the different years that we've done it now the, the, it's the third book are we going to get the same sort of loving from this third book from, a, from across the, the years of Watford? It's fair to say that it is, you know, it's, it's, it is a loving, but there are moments of controversy and we, you know, some serious moments which we touched upon on stage, but also within the book, you know, it's not all one way. And we know that as Watford fans, that it hasn't all been one way in recent years. So um, I think it's a, it's a good read for people who want to remember the good times and also to, to acknowledge the fact that it is tough being a Watford fan at times. All fans say that it's tough being a, a, a fan of their own clubs. But I think, especially in recent years, when money's been tight, we've managed to peak and trough quite a lot. So it's been, it's been an incredible journey. So I think that's touched upon within the book and I think everyone out there who's a Watford fan must go and buy the book okay. of course you'd expect that from me <laughs> yeah, obviously with Christmas coming up it's going to be on many people's Christmas list tell us how do we get the book <laughs> uh, well 
basically that we have retailers now who, uh, you know, shops are actually selling our books for us, which is, uh, it will never catch on, but um, we, we're in the Hornet shop, uh, John Lewis in the Into Centre, I keep calling it the Harlequin, oh, I mean, it's, it's not the Harlequin. Um, also WH Smith, which is next door to John Lewis, so maybe they can have some kind of, you know, retail trade-off in who sells the most copies in the run-up to Christmas, and we're also in HMV, who supported us with the previous two volumes, um, since Watford lost its bookshop, Waterstones, which, from my point of view, as somebody who loves books, that's a bit disappointing, but we've managed to, you know, get some really good retailers on board, so it should be easier than ever to get hold of a copy. We're, we're football fans, we always want more. Is there going to be a volume four? There will be eventually, yeah, but um, you know, I think what we've established is with the live events is something that you know that can sustain on a sort of annual or perhaps even twice a year basis, perhaps a bit more readily than a book. You know, a lot of work goes into Adam's show, of course, but to bring something together for one night um, is, is there's a lot less involved than there is in, in tracking people down, going and interviewing them, putting an entire book together. Um, but what we've tried to do is establish the series as of books and events as a kind of thing so that people won't be surprised when the next one comes along but at the moment we don't quite know when that will be Adam there, it's called the interviews uh, if I push you for it right now could you name me all the interviews that are in it who's in this book Sean Dyche A.D. Boothroyd David and Dean Holdsworth did you do those together? Craig Ramage. Did you interview them together? I didn't interview them both together, no. Oh. It was quite difficult to I bet it was. Yeah, yeah. pin them down. I interviewed David in Sheffield and Dean uh, in uh, a weird hotel in the middle of nowhere where they were having uh, like a... Uh, the model of the car wasn't Vauxhall Astra, <laughs> but they were in the car park. There was just thousands of this one car I think they were sort of they were Vauxhall cars it was very very odd it was very Alan Partridge um, right so we've had A.D. Boothroyd Sean Dyche <laughs> Paul Furlong David and Dean Holsworth Micah Hyde uh, Ray Lewington Craig Ramage Ronnie Rosenthal Tommy Smith and Nick Wright of course who is uh, now ensconced at the bar with David Craig Ramage and Nigel Gibbs who was a special guest uh, this evening and just people bang on about him being the nicest man in football he's just such a such a bloody good bloke <laughs> and I hope he gets back into the game very very soon you're going to send how many people five hundred how many people can sit in 600 I think so you're going you're to send yeah. 600 Watford fans home with a very warm feeling in their tummy with a, a life affirming um, experience to re- reminding them Watford's a special club we would think that because they're Watford fans is Watford a special club and if so why uh, yeah, of course it is. Everyone, everyone thinks their club is special, but of course ours is more special than all <laughs> yeah, of the others. Um, and I think the reason for that is, as Adam said earlier, the, the, the highs and lows seem to be exaggerated for us. You know, we've, we've gone from moments of kind of joy at Wembley and at Cardiff to the pit of despair sometimes the following week you know I mean it's been it's been that extraordinary over the last 10-15 years and I think one of the best things about setting up the series of books is that those stories will they, like a good wine they will mature with age and I think we'll return to some of the stories from um, from these years and people like Malky Mackay Sean Dyche um, Lawrence Bassini when we track him down for the exclusive <laughs> interview um, people like that will you know they will come forward with stories that we currently have no idea and they'll, they'll add a, another layer to our understanding of the club at the moment because I think in a lot of sports and football is particularly so the way it is now 
you find out the good stuff kind of years after. So it's a, you've got to put in the put in the time, put in the years, and and uh, I think all all football supporters do that. And I think that's why our books do seem to go down quite well, and why evenings like this go down so well because we transport people back to the times when they did have that that warm feeling. Moments, isn't it? Moments. Hopefully there was a couple of moments this evening in a theatre. We touched on Nick Wright's moment. Mm. Troy Deeney had a moment. You don't have to have great success. You don't need to win loads of trophies. But if you have a rich tapestry of little moments that all interlink, and we're able to just sort of touch on a few of those, firstly, for our point of view, it's a pleasure to do it. But for fans, that's what you remember. You don't need to win loads of trophies. You don't need a, an oligarch to take over your club. You just need to have those moments that you'll, you'll, you'll take to the grave. You think, Deeney! That's yeah. what you need. I was behind the goal when Deeney scored that goal. One of the most amazing goals I will ever, ever see. Surely his interview about that, about that goal will be better in 10 years' time because some of the, the, the older ex-footballers who have been away from the game mm. complete, were tonight were much more... Nick was so yeah. emotional. You know, he will have been asked about that goal so many times. But when you combine that with being in front of a crowd who have just given you a pretty much a standing ovation, really, really warm reception, you see those fans that love you in front of you. You're watching the goal, you're talking about it. He was choked up. And that's, you know, we didn't want to put him in on the spot and we didn't want to make him cry. Yeah, but he wasn't far, he wasn't far he wasn't away. There. And, it, you know, I just wanted to give him a hug. Yeah, basically. Where can we get the book from again, Lionel? Uh, John Lewis, The Hornet Shop, WH Smith, HMV. Uh, we'll have online sales sorted by the time this goes out from uh, www.talesfrom.com. Okay, it's on the top of every Watt fans' Christmas list. From the rookery end. It's a privilege to be joined by Tommy Smith, who's just come off stage at the live event. Tommy, how was that? Yeah, really good. Really enjoyed it. It's nice to reminisce and see some old faces as well. So, yeah, it's been a really good evening. Obviously, an opposition player now, but how does Watford look to you now, Watford Football Club? Do you recognise it? Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's, it, a lot's changed. For the better, I'm not so sure, but I guess results speak louder than words, really. So, they're sitting top of the league. You've got to be, as a fan, very happy. But as an ex-player still in the game, looking at the club, it, it doesn't look too healthy. Obviously, the managerial scenarios that have happened and the influx of foreign players, it's probably something that I look on a little bit with sadness. But, um, you know, clubs change and they grow and they evolve and that's certainly what's happening at Watford at the moment. And with foreign owners, it's getting more and more common in the game. And what's, you don't obviously don't have to name names, Tommy, but what's the feeling amongst fellow pros who are still playing about what's happening at Watford? Do they think it's weird? Do they think, are they annoyed initially that so many loanies came in? Because now Watford have got a pretty decent squad. Yeah. Internationals all over the shop. How do, how do your fellow professionals outside Watford look at it? Well, to start with, the initial season when they first came in and had all the loan players, it, 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 I mean, we... We were up there, I was at Cardiff at the time, so we were up there with you. It was, it was a strange situation, really. It must have been strange for a fan. Well, I know, I know plenty of fans, and the association with the players just didn't seem to be there. But I think it was disguised a bit by the results, because things went so well and finished third, got to the playoff final, which is a successful season. But um, as players looking at the club, obviously, like I've mentioned, the managerial situation is a bit of a farce, really. It's, it's, it just shows um, particularly... 
a bit of naivety really from owners but I mean that, that, that's not just Watford itself it's, it's a lot of owners at the moment they, uh, they want quick results and they feel managers should deliver that straight away so a bit of a shame but like I said top of the league things can't be going too badly and a very strong squad that they've built and they're spending a lot of money so they kind of deserve to be where they are you're playing under, under Mark Wolverton at Brentford. He's obviously got a fantastic reputation in the game. And people could argue he's done things a slightly more British way. He sort of learnt the, learnt the trade. He's done lots of different jobs within football. Very innovative because obviously he was the, the brains behind the next-gen series. Yeah. So he's been in and around the game. So do you feel sort of a bit... Not prouder playing for someone like that than you do from someone that just brings in loads of different players? Is that a fair assessment? Um, I think... Brentford remind me a lot of Watford, um, a club that, uh, particularly when I was younger, were growing, were building. They, you could see a future and, and, and the direction they were heading. And as a player, I think it's so nice to be part of that, where you, you come into um, a dressing room all pulling in the same direction as the owner, as the manager. And I think you look at the Brentford owner, he's um, young, English, very successful Brentford supporter, and it's... I think you speak to any Brentford fan, it's just it's, there's a really nice feel about the club. And football has changed a lot, that, that doesn't happen so often now, but it, it's certainly lovely to be part of having come from a club like Cardiff, where again that's been lost a little bit. That, that kind of um, association for the fans with the players and the owner, it, it, it gets lost. And so to be part of that with Mark Wolverton, who's, who's, who's been fantastic so far, and he's, he's got a very bright future ahead of him. So uh, no, I'm really enjoying it there. Good, that's good to hear. You're a striker. What have we got some decent ones? We've got Troy and, and Matty, obviously. Yeah. If you're talking to your, your defence, yeah. what are you telling them to watch out for from, from those guys? Be, be afraid. Be very <laughs> afraid. Uh, um, it's great for Watford to get those two back after you know they destroyed the league a couple of seasons ago. and Troy's made tremendous improvements on his game. and it, it Just his all-round game now is, is fantastic and it was a real coup for Watford to keep him this season when it looked all ends up like he was going to leave and to get... Vidra back in to play with him it, it certainly strike at the hearts of most defenders and they, they're they a worry what do I say to my defenders <laughs> good luck, I don't know no seriously it's, um, it, it, well, it, well we found out it's a tough battle going to Watford Troy, Troy didn't play which was to our benefit but um, unfortunately Vidra smashed one great finish and that's what they can do, good players sometimes they don't need to have the best games but they'll put a chance away even when it's only a half chance. And if you could say that one thing that might have changed for the better since your time at Watford? Yeah. Um, well, the stand finally getting finished. Yeah. How nice does that look? Right. Um, it was great. I brought my son, who's seven, who I'm, uh, I'm trying to get him to support Watford. It's hard for me. I can't get him down to enough games, really. So he goes a lot with his friends and tries to support some of the big teams. I think he's confused a bit because yeah. the amount of teams I've played with, yeah, I don't think he knows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, one minute he's Cardiff, then he's, we're not Cardiff now, we're QPR. And so, um, so I'm trying to get him into the club and, and it was great. I went last season and, and saw the new stand finish. So it's really nice to see that as a club because it just... It's just missing. It just and now it just finishes the club off nicely, and or the stadium off nicely. And I, I really hope they, they get success now on the pitch and can try and get back in the Premiership. It'd be great, great for a local club to be back there. Good man. And just the final one for for fans who weren't lucky enough to be at the event tonight. Tommy 
revealed he's going to be an estate agent or is an estate agent kind um, of thing yeah. with Jack. So is there a special discount for um, listeners to, from the Rookery End or where do they need to go for their, uh, for their local um, real estate requirements these days? Well, actually, it's funny you should say that. We're opening a new shop with John Whiteman and company based in Bushy Heath, but we're opening a branch tomorrow, as it happens, in Garston. So we are doing, um, we're doing a... a a, a, a reduced fee, shall I say, at the moment. So there, there is a little something out there for the fans. But, yeah, it'd be great for them to come down. I'm in when I can, really. So um, it'd be nice to see people pop in from time to time and say hello. Have you got any, any competitors, any estate agent competitors in the game or even in your team? Uh, not in my team, no. no. Um, yeah, look, there's loads around. but um, You're not going to give them a plug on this, right? No, absolutely not. <laughs> and we're the best, so, uh, you know, don't, don't look anywhere else. Tommy, <laughs> thank you so much. Great, thank you for your time. Really Got something to send the boys? Then email podcast at fromtherookeryend.com. Absolute pleasure to be joined by an incredibly familiar face for me. Grew up on the terraces watching David Holdsworth. Thanks for joining us on From the Rookery End. You've just come off stage at the Towson Vicarage live event. How was it? Fantastic, yeah. Really nice to see some uh, familiar faces and people I've knocked heads with. Also, as well as coming back to an area that I hold in massive regard. And certainly, um, it was a great crowd out there tonight as well. You had the crowd absolutely eating out the palm of your hand. It was the quietest it had been all night listening to you. <laughs> Is there something you enjoy talking in public like that? Yeah, I, I thoroughly do. I, 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 again, when you're, you're, you're coming back to people that you, you appreciate and certainly respect, um, it was nice the way I was received, I must say, and, um, and I'm very grateful for that. I think you, are, you may or may not have picked up at it. At the weekend, Watford did a, a display for the Remembrance uh, Sunday that all the fans in the Rookery held up a, a foil. It made a, a great big poppy display. It was, it was, it was good. And... There's a lot of things that Watford do that still make Watford fans feel very, very proud. And mm. I think that kind of started round about your generation with Graham and Elton and, and so on and so forth. Some people outside the game might think that Watford isn't, isn't that club anymore. What, what's your feeling on that? Well, I, I can only speak from my own experience. We were a family club and we got that and got in, in, embodied in us. When I, I remember going every Christmas and it's something I've taken on in my, when I've been manager to go to old people's homes, to hospitals. Hornets Ward, I hope they're still there. If it is still there, then I hope it is um, obviously uh, up and running still and effective in, in what the, it did for the, the community. We were part of the community at Watford, and that was what we, we got, you know, from 12 years old. You know, I lived in East London, but I, I knew everything about Cassio Park and all around the places. And then coming here as a young player, going through the ranks, obviously being under Graham and obviously you know, Kenny and Tom Wally, John Ward, you know, various managers... Even when managers moved on, it was something that we still had to um, to, to keep going. And I, and I, and I, I, I so for me, Watford is still a family club. And I speak to a lot of people in the north of England um, constantly about what a good community is. And, and a lot of people a lot don't really know that. And it's um, imperative that it must sustain that. You mentioned Tom uh, Tom Wally quite a lot on, on stage, mm. and, and most people will know and understand how important he is to Watford. But perhaps with, with guys like him. I mean, obviously, Graham Taylor was, was incredible and, and there was Elton's money, but was it, was it, was it guys like Tom who really, really made the difference? Yeah, goodness me. Um, I, I don't think I can ever, ever repay the, 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 the gratitude that I, I owe them because I grew up as a bit of a naughty boy and uh, really didn't have a father figure in my life. And uh, so I've only gone on to experience you know, as, as a manager and as a coach and I can only thank them for the discipline that they gave me. And, and I, I mean, I bear in mind, I, I left school with nothing. I didn't go to school. I, I was, you know, in them days you could get away with it. And now you'd be up before the services. But um, 
you know, there was times when we would, me and my brother were, we were, we were earning, earning money working for solicitor's office, you know, on errands up to London, uh, getting a free Big Mac. And, but, you know, them days, the discipline that they, they gave me was vital. And I, I, I dread to think what I would have turned out to be, I have to say. Um, but I was lucky that I, I had a bit of discipline in me and I, I learned very quickly that it was Tom's way or, or no way. Um, and, and as I say, for me, I, I can only look back in fondness of, of Graham and John Ward certainly, and uh, but Tom was uh, an element and person that really in life you don't get a lot of them around you. Fast forward to the present day, maybe not ten years off your off your age. Do you fancy yourself against Troy Deeney and Matty Vidra? Yeah, I'd love to play against <laughs> them. Yeah, I'd love to go up against them there. Definitely, I watched them a few weeks ago, and uh, they're good players. Their movement's good. When the ball's right for them, they're, they're certainly uh, mobile and, and going to upset uh, centre forwards, such as centre halves. And there's not a lot of pace in the championship at the minute. That's why they're, you know, the two strikers are, uh, are well thought of. And as long as the, the ball in front of them is good, then there'll certainly be a, a handful for most defences. And how do you stop them? Match them. Match them. You've got to go tight with them. You've got to stop well, one, stop the source. Certainly, that you've got to stop the ball coming through to them. But certainly from fallback areas. Um, and then obviously you've got to match them up for pace and, and the physicality. And if you can do that, you know, deny them the space, and then they've got half a chance. But that's only my way of thinking. Where are Watford going to finish this year? Top six, without a doubt. Top six, without a doubt. I, I, I expect, and I, and and I, I, I would assume because um, nothing's a given in the top two. Um, but and there's some good sides, but I think Watford, whilst they've had a lot of transition, they've still got a very, very good squad of players who, who know how to win games and a lot of flair. And whilst you've got goals, you've got a chance. Do you think some of these guys would make it in the Premier League? Yeah, a few of them, yeah. I think that the, the collective is that the spine of the side has got to be strong. Um, when you go to the Premier League, you've got to have a good goalkeeper, certainly a leader at the back, um, uh, in relative terms, a holding midfield player. And then obviously somebody, the most important one is goals. And if they do get up, that's a commodity that, again, that, that, that's worth its weight in gold. What you're finding out now that Burnley and other clubs that have gone up are struggling to score. And when they're struggling to score, you end up losing because the other teams have got goals in them. So, yeah, can they? But yeah, they can. Um, but it's a big ask. You mentioned Tony Coton. Absolute hero of mine. How frightening was he to play in front of? Or was he, was he a great influence? No, he was a great, a great guy, Tony. Goodness me, I was only a young boy, but you know what? He, I looked up to Tony. He was a bloody good footballer as well. A good, you know, a good left foot. I was lucky. I think I, I played um, in front of him at the beginning. And I had John McClellan next to me and Macca. I mean, uh, love him. It, you know, it, we, we we were man to man markers at them days, and I, I had lots of pace. And, and John would win, invariably win the balls, and I would sweep up around him. So he was a great leader. And but TC, you had Will Frostrom, you had Les Taylor. You, you're talking about some seriously. Jan Lohman was another person I remember, you know, talking to me all the time. Barnsley, Luther, you know, Nigel Callahan, and uh, I, I was I was lucky. I was a young kid around when there was a um, quite possibly one of the strongest elements around, which was called Team Spirit, and that was only galvanised by Graham and the Watford. Do not scratch your ears. You're listening to From the Rookery End. Right, so we're lucky to be joined backstage by Nick Wright and Ray Lewington. They're both looking very relieved because they've both been on stage. How was it, Ray? Yeah, very good. We enjoyed it. It was, uh, it was good to see some of the clips, the old clips, and uh, relive some of the moments, which were very good. Yeah, enjoyed it. So speaking some of those, uh, about some of those moments, Nick, we'll come to you in a moment. But you mentioned on stage, Ray, the, the two cup, cup semi-finals. We yeah. spoke more on stage about the Liverpool one. I think Watford fans look back very fondly over 
on your era, and it sounded like you did too. But you, I think you struck a chord with me and a couple of other chaps were thinking, sitting with about the semi-finals, and yeah. we could have given Liverpool a bit more of a, a go. What, how do you feel about that Southampton semi-final? Uh, yeah, I, I, the Southampton was was slightly different because uh, we actually did go for them. I mean, we didn't we didn't hold back on that one. I thought we let bad goals in that day. Uh, we didn't really get going. I thought we was a little bit unlike the in the League Cup run when we played the um, Premiership opposition. I think that we really did go out. I, I, I didn't think we did it, it really to uh, best ability in the semi final. I think we got overawed by the situation a little bit. Uh, which is a little bit of shame, but from my point of view, the tactics were far more positive against Southampton than they were against Liverpool. And as I said, it, said on stage, is that you know for the second leg, I just didn't want to get pegged off early and then have, have to score three because that would have been impossible. So I was a little bit mindful of that. But as I say, you always, you know, you can always look back and think. But it's one thing I do slightly regret that I didn't really go out. So Nick, we'll come to you. We did make it to Wembley with that side, obviously. We won't bother with the with the overhead kick. Everyone's been there and done it. Everyone knows it's amazing. I've got goosebumps just talking about it with you now. Apart from the overhead kick, have you got a, a single sort of memory of your Watford career that you, you, you'd like the most? A good one or a bad one? I I've got one. Well, Nick, I've one of both. Then. Yeah, yeah, good, I've, I've got the bad one, but I still remember the collision that sort of got the injury, which um, unfortunately um, ended the career. However, yeah, there were some great times. Some great times. Um, down there, I, I thought I was going to get to see some of the goals. I only, I only ever get to see the one goal. I scored a goal against QPR that I quite like. I'd not seen the replay of. Yeah. From what I remember, it was about a thirty-yard dipping volley. So uh, <laughs> it probably wasn't. And and looking at Watford now, we'll take you, take you forward to where are we? 2014. As a, as a player who was playing relatively recently, what do you think of the situation at Watford? I think the players have done brilliantly well to deal with the situation of the four managers because. Obviously, that's going to uh, affect the dressing room unless there's really strong characters in the dressing room. So, to remain up, at the, well, currently at the top of the championship, going through that situation, testament to the players. And Ray, would you would you fancy the Watford job at the moment with it in this sort of setup? Well, I mean, it's, it's a strange one, really, isn't it? I mean, I must admit, I agree with Nick. I think the players must be so resilient, um, having gone through the amount of managers that they have. To find ourselves top at this at this moment is absolutely fantastic. It, I mean, from the outside looking in, it doesn't look right at the moment. It doesn't look right, but something must be t- someone must be doing something right because you know they're looking down on everyone else. So, you no, know, who knows? I mean, whatever it takes, you know, if Watford are there at the end, then uh, it'll be brilliant. Nick, you've, you've seen a few few Watford games this, this season. We've in, we've enjoyed your commentary. If you could take one player from your era, Watford side and slot them into this side to improve it, who would it be? You, you, yourself excluded, obviously. Oh, I'd play. Um, it would probably have to be a centre midfield, probably Richard Johnson, simply because I think if they'd had, a, if they've got a strong central midfielder who's going to be consistent in all the games, I think that will really help the team. The forwards, the forwards are going to score goals, the dangerous Dini and Vidra are coming good. Um, defensively, Reasonably sound. I think. I, I think a consistent centre midfield. Get Jono in there. Yeah. Shake it up a bit. Yeah. So one, one for each of you to end on. Quick one for you, Ray. Yeah. Troy Deeney for England. He's done well. He has done well. Uh, the, always the, the thing is with trying to evaluate. And listen, it's not a, a silly uh, thing to say because we are looking in the championship. We have looked in the championship. We. We actually was going to call a player up who actually got injured. He doesn't know that, and we and we won't ever divulge his name. Uh, and he's sorry, sorry, Lloyd. <laughs> but we have, 
Uh, no, we, we look in there. It's very hard to evaluate, firstly, to jump from championship into an international side. You, you really got to see them how they do in the Premier first, but that's not to say that we would do it. We did, we did it with uh, Zaha at Crystal Palace. We put him in the squad. Uh, so, yeah, we're open to anything. So, not a silly question, really. Makes a change for me. And Nick, where are Watford going to finish this year? Automatic promotion with Derby. Still an absolute hero. Nick Wright, Ray Lewington, thanks so much. A podcast made by Watford fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. It is the end of the evening here at Watford Palace Theatre. Uh, we've just come uh, out of the, uh, the theatre after what I can only call an amazing Watford feeling, Mike. Yeah, another great experience linked to being a Watford fan. Those are surprises on the night. Um, and just Biggest surprise? Um, Jason only went to the toilet twice throughout the whole, <laughs> whole three or four hours we've been here. Absolutely extraordinary. Uh, but it's great to see Sean Dyche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what a guy that bloke is. Just value, complete value, and because he got some swearing in, which is always yeah. funny. Jason, you're being surprised? My, my biggest surprise uh, was probably one of the other guests, Melky. Yeah. Um, for, you can probably guess the reasons why it's a big surprise, but it, 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 was, good, it, was, it was good to see him, and I think. Adam set it up right because mm. we, he's here in the context of being Watford manager and Watford player. Uh, he got a fantastic reception for that, and we talked about the good stuff. And it's probably good for him just to put all the other problems he's been having recently to, to one side. It was, and um, a big surprise. And you, you know, he, he said it. He said like, you know, that reaction that he got. It must be like his first public appearance since it all happened. Um, and you know, that, that's quite a big thing for to feel a little bit of love. But as I said, it was a, a big a bit of a love Watford room in there. Um, Craig Ramage, just yeah. good value. Uh, quite emotional stuff from Ray Lewington and also Nicky Wright. Yeah, looking back on some of the some of the tougher times that, that Watford have, have been through, and Dave, talking to David Holdsworth, he obviously wasn't happy with the way he left the club. So it's a reminder that things haven't always been great, even even for players that you associate with being there at, at more um, settled and, and happier times. But I think it's a, it's a really great way to end this month's podcast, having sort of having a little trip down memory lane there. We've talked about the games we've had since we last spoke. It's been pretty reasonable, really. It's been really, it's been been really, really good. Um, And so, just a great Watford month, really. It's just had so much about it, and I think everyone goes home from this event feeling proud and happy to be associated with Watford and able to look forward. Um, with real excitement, really enthusiasm. We've, we've said all along we've got great players here. It feels like it's all starting to fit into place. So we've got a great history, something to be proud of, great people associated with the club who still look fondly um, at their time with us. But now we've got a real exciting couple of months coming up where we can, we can get behind the Hornets and, and hopefully write some, uh, some new chapters into, into Watford history. More books for Lionel. To write. Don't forget to follow us on the new Twitter as well, What the Podcast. At What the Podcast. Uh, Jason, um, it's, 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 it feels ridiculous saying we've got some tough games coming up this month because we always do, don't we? To be honest, I can't even remember who we got. Who we got? Darby. 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 To be fair, I, I think the first game could be quite tricky. Birmingham, one of their new manager, they've uh, he's got them solid. Yeah, Derby. No, it's, uh, Fulham. Top, top of the table clash. Fulham, who've turned the corner. Um, no surprises there. I think I, I, when you asked me to predict top six at the start of the season, they are in my top six. But, um, but they think we're bad. Apparently Fulham have hired the kit man. What kit man? Kit Simons. <laughs> oh, oh no, no, that didn't work at all, did it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's late. What's yeah, at least it'll be yeah. clean. It's almost 11 o'clock. Um, uh, but thank you, Annie, for listening uh, to Tom Walker. And uh, we always like it when people listen. Um, it's amazing that you do. Um, and we're back. Like <laughs> yeah. Or you, well, no, no, listen to this one, Mike. No, mind <laughs> listen to the next one. Yeah, Sorry. You've lost a few listeners there. We're back at the beginning uh, of December for our December podcast where who knows where Watford will be. Top of the shop. That's done it.